he must be turning into Danny Glover or Mel Gibson in uh, sort of Lethal Weapon 2, because this is a sequel. It's turning out like Top Gun 2, this, as we go into the second half of the top 10 of whiskies that you should stock in your home bar or in your Irish whiskey bar if you've decided to go out and uh, set one up. Uh, I'm beginning to get uh, feelings that I need to be dressed up in a tuxedo for the red carpet as such, Marty. Unbelievable how you come up with these ideas for whiskies. This is the full the one, Justin. This is this is number two, the the, the return of the, the Max, whatever you call it. Mad Max. Now, the last time you did this, you surprised us all with your top five or your first half of the five, and one of them included a whiskey, a pot chain of all things. What are you going to surprise us with this time? An Indian whiskey or something like that, or something from Japan, for goodness sake? Uh, well, there, there, there might be a wee surprise at the end of this. Now, I've actually been, this has actually been doing my head in a little bit for the last week because... Remember, I've set a criteria for this. This is not the top 10 whiskies. This is not the top, my opinion of the best whiskies or whatever. I've set myself out some criteria. They have to be available. So they can't be like a single cask whiskey. They can't be limited editions that have sold out, etc, etc. They have to be, they have to have availability. Pretty much anybody the world over really should be able to get their hands on these they have to have a reason for being there they can't be too expensive um that that's that's my criteria for this and so it's been quite difficult if i'm honest it's been quite difficult it's not like you to have writer's block or anything like that what's stumping you no it's not but again within those sort of confines it's it's actually quite a difficult thing because it's not my maybe the whiskies that I would personally say oh I must have these on my shelf it's it's more to do with if people are starting off an Irish whiskey they're wanting to set up a, a whiskey bar and want a bit of variety and different styles and and it's really about affordability and availability and it's it's been quite difficult this is in no particular order. People can leave one out and add one in as they see fit. It's not like uh, five to one and ten to five and stuff like that. It's pick your own. Absolutely. Um, these can definitely be chopped and changed, but it's to give people an indication of stuff that they they can try. They don't have to have all ten, obviously. They don't have to have any of them, but it, it there's a reason I have all of them there. So I told about the the first five that I did last week, and now I have part two, the, the, the Revenge. I'm with you. Okay, let's go. We're coming in at, at number one this week, and you really have to, you can't have an Irish whiskey bar and not have Jameson in it. You just can't. Jameson is by far and away the best-selling Irish whiskey. And in many ways, it it rescued Irish whiskey. That brand internationally rescued Irish whiskey because when it was taken over by Pernod Ricard, a massive multinational company, huge billions and billions and billions of pound turnover, euro turnover, 
And when they took over Irish distillers, you have to remember Irish whiskey at that point was on its knees. There was really no Irish whiskey particularly available internationally. There may have been a sort of sad bottle of pars here and there, you know, and I say that sad, that's really what would have been available internationally. There's a huge, massive aisles of Scotch whiskey in the US. There'd be section dedicated to Japanese whiskey, and then there are huge sections of bourbon, and then two or three bottles of Irish whiskey. When Irish distillers was taken over, Perno Ricard made a choice. What they said was, we're going to get our backing for one brand, essentially. That's what they did. So they decided we're going to push Jameson. So during the 1990s, they were doing promotions across the world. They were getting in all the key markets that they wanted to get it in. This was the big push. And as a result, it's the flagship Irish whiskey. But it still lags way behind some of the Scottish ones. It, I mean, it, the whole industry. Jameson, actually, it lags behind some of the Scottish ones, yes, but not maybe as far, certainly not as far as it once did. It, it's in the top 10 best-selling whiskies in the world now. Um, well, top 20. If you, if you, top 10 if you take away the, the Indian brands that wouldn't be whiskey over here. You start getting into a whole pile of arguments about this. But no, you, you are talking about um, a huge huge brand now and that took an awful lot of work an awful lot of work um so to not have it in an irish whiskey bar would be very remiss basically that's the brand that absolutely everybody has heard of that emanates from ireland all around the world jameson possibly quite probably but what one thing to remember is that jameson now do a range of different cask finishes as well so although i'm saying jameson there are lots of different Types of Jameson, you've got black barrel and, uh, and a beer cask finish Jameson and stuff. So there's a little bit of play in that um, in that bottling. Uh, so you might want to try some of those if you maybe have a bottle of Jameson. Try a bottle of black barrel, it's very good. Uh, stout cask finished. Um, and always remember that Jameson, the classic Jameson, is the Jamo and ginger. So Jameson, ginger ale, and a drop of lime in it. I've worked out which movie this is the sequel to. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of all things. I, t- I told you, there's guys, they literally just started working about 10 minutes ago. I've asked them what they're going to do, and all they're doing is they're cutting out a little section of the road outside my house, a little bit down the road. Maybe it's for new broadband. Maybe it'll be a welcome return. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I doubt it. Anyone who's watched our show which goes live every Saturday night, would be aware of because we did a tasting of it. But lots of people probably haven't tried it in in other countries. It's from the Sleeve League distillery and it's the Dark Silky. It's pretty special for a number two. Uh, this Dark Silky, it's pretty special for something that's reasonably recently new out altogether. It's, it's a blend, double distilled single malts, triple distilled peated single malts and grain whiskey. Would you say that's experimental, Marty? Because it's a quite an unusual, very novel blend, isn't it? The way I put it, I wrote a review for it and I put it that it's a bit like jazz. Everybody sort of does their own thing, but whenever it all comes together, it sort of works. And that's kind of what Silky's like. It's 
it works on a whole lot of different levels. So it's got a, that floral notes coming in from the grain whiskey, and it's linked with a little bit of of sweetness. The triple distilled gives it a, a, a light a taste to it as well. Then you've got the peat coming in, and the peat works on a slightly different level, and it all kind of just works. It's it's a very it's a forty six percent non chill filtered, and it has depth of flavour, which when you get a, a whiskey that's sitting at about forty euros a bottle, um, so what's that about say thirty five pounds a bottle, and it has depth of flavour, it has character. It has a balance to it, and some people get confused when when you say about balance. Um, oh, I'm not sure what that means. It just means that it it works across the different levels. Um, all whiskies kind of have different levels, or they sh really should have. And and silky sets there. It's not overly sweet. It's not particularly smoky. It just has this real nice character to it, and a. And a level that works. Now you you could very it's it's very adaptable too. You could make cocktails with it. I'm not particularly a cocktail minded guy, as you well know, but it 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 just works. And there's three different types of silky. There's the the ordinary silky, the dark silky, and the red silky, and they all seem to have this same very strange character to them. Is it, is and, it a je ne sais quoi? Is it? No, it's when you open it, when I first opened, and this is the same for all three of the bottlings, when I first opened them, I wasn't that keen. You leave it a little bit and you try it again and go, well, that's better than I thought it was. And as you go down the bottle, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And it really is, it's really one that can sit on a shelf and it gets, it improves. And it, all of that, all of that different dynamics and different uh, workings for a very, very affordable whiskey. It's it's really something that I think people should try. If you haven't tried it, it's a fabulous whiskey. And it's a real credit to, to the guys down there, it really is. Two out of five. Uh, you haven't surprised me like you did last week with the potching. They're all whiskeys this week, I take it. There's nothing from Jamaica like rum or vodka from Russia or anything like that coming up this week? Uh, yes, they are. Now, the next one is carrying on the theme because lots of people outside of Ireland, they, they listen to this marketing hype. Irish whiskies triple distilled, Scottish whiskies double distilled, Scottish whiskies peat it, Irish whiskies not, blah, blah, blah. And just all of this nonsense. It's not actually true. It never really has been true. Um, when I talked about the, the dark silky, it is the smoke element coming into it, the peta element coming into it. Actually, the majority of Scottish whiskies aren't peta at all. It just has this reputation. We have to put in a peta Irish whiskey. What Irish whiskey that's peated can possibly make a top 10 of a list that you can have in your home bar or in an Irish whiskey bar that you intend to set up? Because, well, you're competing with the likes of Isla. I mean, modern, modern Irish whiskey, there's a lot more peat coming into it. And personally, I think this this was a surprise to me too, because when I tasted it, I thought, that's a lot more peat than than I was expecting. And it's Hinch, peat single malt. It's, 
<laughs> it's a fabulous whiskey. Um, it's it's fifty five parts per million of peat, which is very high. It's also triple distilled. Now, triple distillation is more typical in Ireland. It's not exclusive to Ireland. There is some triple distilling uh, distilleries over in Scotland, but it's much more common in Scotland to be double distilled. In Ireland, it's a mixture of triple and double. And this is triple distilled, heavily peated. So what you get is a very light bodied, it's matured in 100% in bourbon casks. So you're getting that sweetness coming through, but the peat comes in. And it's, it's a very sort of clean peat. It's not heavy and medicinal and, and sort of chemical the way lots of the peated scotches would be. Have we managed to cover all the bases this time? Because there's single pot still, there's single malt, there's single grain, there's blended whiskey, there's peated, there's cast strength, there's single cast, there's limited edition. There's not a lot of margin for error there because we're covering 10, one of them is a pot sheen. That leaves a margin error of give or take one. Uh, how are you going to make sure you cover all the bases here? Well, the thing is, I've tried not to do limited editions just yet. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. But what I've tried to do really is is try and cover a lot of the bases at an affordable price and a decent availability. And that's it's actually quite hard to do uh, because you're, you're always tempted to go for something that's, that's, oh, this is the pinnacle of this style of whiskey. But it could be very hard to get, very expensive, etc., uh, etc. Et but we'll get to that in a little bit. Just to finish off with the, the, the Hinch. Hinch Distillery is distilling now, but what they have in, in that bottling isn't from, from their own distillery. That is, in some ways, a limitation of this list. There aren't that many aged distilleries just yet, but they are coming. Um, the problem is, for a lot of the newer distilleries, they release stuff in batches. So for the likes of our friends down in Dingle, I would I would really like to have put Dingle in this list, but they release it in batch one, batch two, batch three, batch four, batch five. They sell out and then they're really quite hard to get on the secondary market. So I didn't want to put... Accessibility is the key in this particular game, setting up your own home bar or setting up an Irish whiskey bar somewhere. It really is, and... And that's what's made this quite difficult, you know. You were actually telling me yesterday how hard you found this particular topic. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's really been it's really been a bit of a trial because I keep going, oh, I'll put that in, and then go, ah, uh, that that's that's limited edition, and that's well, that's batch one. Uh, so you go through this, and it's, it just makes it slightly more difficult. More, it's more thought have to go into it, you know. What's next then? Next up is another pot still and I've decided we have to go with red breast and it's the lost eye edition now this anyone who knows about red breast red breast is a, a pot still um, it, it's a very um, <clears throat> traditional pot still uh, made by Irish distillers and this is a particular one because Redbreast lends itself very well to 
sherry casks. It's got that, it takes from that oak, those lovely autumnal flavours. We talked about this with Deirdre Carl last week. Uh, it has those rich, deep fruits, Christmas cake, zesty, little bit of spice cinnamony thing coming from the, the, the pot still from that malted and unmalted, the unmalted barley of the mash bill. So you, it, it's a different bottling. The Lustau edition is part of the core range and what it is, it's it's not an age statement. It doesn't carry an age statement, but it's it's between a sort of 10 and 12 year old whiskey. And it's it's first it's aged in American European oak, then transferred over to Oloroso Sherry's Sherry Cask, sorry, from the Bodega Lustau, which Irish distillers have a, a, a relationship with. So what you're getting there is uh, seasoned casks from a, a particular bodega, which really give it that. If, we were talking last week about Waterford and the, and that terroir idea. And what you're getting for this is that that sense of place. You're getting a bit more history to it. You're getting a bit more idea of what what's been going on. You can compare it with ordinary red breast and see it's a, it's a, it's a richer taste to it. Uh, and it gives you a little bit more buy-in, which is always a good thing if, when you're buying something something new, really. So it's part of the core range of uh, red breasts. And it's, it's really, it's about £45 a bottle, about €55 Euro or there, thereabouts. And it's it's a fabulous whiskey, very easy to drink, uh, 46%. And yeah, it's it's a fantastic whiskey. And having that that mark on it to tell you where the, the cast come from really does give it a, a little bit of an oomph to give it a bit more of a talking point. To my mind, you haven't managed to go over the $100 magic price mark in pricing these whiskies. Well, I've tried not to, Justin, because for a very good reason. There's lots and lots of Irish whiskies now heading to the, to the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And for the average guy on the street who wants to set up a bit of a collection, who wants to have a range of whiskies that him and his mates and him and his wife or him and her and her boyfriend or whomever can sit down and enjoy and experience and, and go for a, a, a little bit of a roller coaster ride over Irish whiskies. If you're talking 10 whiskies and they're 300, 400 do pounds, dollars, euros each, <laughs> well, you're suddenly up in that you're talking thousands and thousands of pounds. Not a lot of people have that. And I mean, with the COVID crisis, money's tight for a lot of people. And I don't see why they should be precluded from enjoying the, the, the whiskey experience. So that that's certainly for the, the the nine that's went before the last one of a little bit of a, a little bit of a change a change in tact but i can't it would be remiss of me not to mention this understood surprise me with this last one this one is go on to the auction sites people are very intimidated by the thought of going on to an auction site to buy something there are Lots and lots and lots of Irish whiskey 
auctions that include Irish whiskey. There's also Irish whiskey auctions, dedicated Irish whiskey auctions, who happen to sell some other scotches and Japanese as well. So you have this buying. Now, there are more and more people who are collecting whiskey. Some of them don't even drink. And it's a, hu it's a huge part of owning whiskey now. Why are people so reluctant? Surely it's just like eBay and there's protections in place. Yes, the odd time something might come and it might be broken, but uh, insurance can cover that. Uh, it's a surprising in this day and age that people are reluctant to go online. This is it. People are very used to using eBay because they're buying, you know, a, a secondhand book or they're buying, you know, a, a, an electrical cable or a special light bulb or something, whatever. But they say that a lot of people would be slightly put off from buying whiskey from uh, an auction website because they think um, these whiskies are very expensive. Now, lots of them are, but not all of them. And what you can pick up is something like a Teeling Revival. Now, Teeling Revival, when it came out, they were selling for approximately a hundred pounds or about hundred and ten euro thereabouts. Some of them went up and a little bit more expensive, a little bit less. The revival came comes in a beautiful presentation box. The bottle looks absolutely fabulous. It looks it looks much more expensive than it is. The presentation, as I say, is fabulous. They come along there. They're like 46%. There's a range of cask finishes. Um, one of my favourites is the uh, Cognac and Brandy cask finished Tailing Revival. It was number five. Now, at the secondary market on auction sites, they are probably now in and around the same price as they were when they went on sale. Right. And what you're getting for that is a bit of a showstopper. Now, you could also buy a, a, a writer's tears cask strength on the secondary market for pretty much the same kind of money, certainly a bit more or less the same as, as it was when it was released. Basically, what you're saying is these prices haven't been inflated by scarcity or increased demand. It's quite unusual, this, isn't it? For some reason, they haven't shot up in value. But when you see the the presentation, I mean, certainly of some of the tailings, um, you're getting an awful lot of value for money. And it looks absolutely fabulous. And when you've that sat on a shelf, people, people will think you've spent an awful lot more money than you have. Now, I know, as I've said, it's all about availability. There's lots of these available on lots of the, the auction sites. It is a bit more money, but it's not a huge amount of money. So if, say, you were buying someone a birthday present or a, a, a Christmas present or something like that, have a look on the auction sites because a lot of them aren't that expensive. And you can pick up some real nice, certainly nice whiskies, but certainly very good looking. And if you have a whiskey collection, Irish whiskey collection, having something that people come in and go, wow, that looks awesome. It's something that you would want as well. Because you're Part non of the story, isn't it, really? Well your non whiskey drinkers can come in and they look up and they see this thing that that's I mean, looks a million dollars. The 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 bottle's 
really really heavy really really heavy really well presented in a in a leather box and a you know a nice cardboard box with a, a, a little bit of uh, paper and stuff around it and the gold lettering and whatnot and it really does look a million dollars it's a, in and around a hundred pound and you know that give her a little bit more than that and your non-whiskey drinkers will come and look at it and think that looks fabulous what is that that then starts a conversation and you might turn around and say do you want to drink do you want to try it and if they try it who knows you might might actually have another whiskey convert so for that little bit extra why not thanks very much sounds like a collection to behold catch us saturday night for the live show at 10 p.m on facebook and youtube this week we're going to go into scotch bonnet and we're going to do a guy who it's all about auction as well there's a lot of a lot more of the auction and uh, he's brought out a, a website to cater to people buying from auction sites so before we go i'm going to ask you to hit us with your 10 top 10 favorite irish whiskies that uh, you should stock in a home bar or an irish whiskey bar if you're gonna change career and set one up but don't forget you can buy us a coffee at Irish Whiskey, so it's buymeacoffee.com slash Irish Whiskey. You can catch the live show on Saturday night at 10 p.m. on YouTube and on Facebook. There's a replay on LinkedIn Live as well and on Instagram. And you can get the podcast every Wednesday, every Sunday, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also ask your smart speaker to play Irish Whiskey Review Podcast. It's as simple as that. Marty, give us the 10. The 10 Irish whiskies that I think anyone starting a collection should have. The Pierce Lions, Founder's Choice, Blackbush, Warford Gaia, uh, Yellow Spot, Kilo and Poaching, bit of a change, but nonetheless it's there. Jameson, Dark Silky, Hinch Peter, Red Breast, Lustile Edition. And then something decent off an auction site. Not too expensive, but something to ping off. Possibly a tailing. If you've got lots of money in Middleton, very rare. It should seem to be going up in value every day. Maybe a writer's tears cast drink. But something from an auction site. Spend a bit of time looking at it and get more involved in the process. And if I go on one of these auction sites and can't get in, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> yeah. But there's plenty of auctions, so you have lots of choice. <laughs>